Welcome to the latest episode of the Progress with Unity podcast. So much has happened, not only this past couple of weeks, but also the past few months. To help us make sense of this, I'm pleased to say we've got a couple of guests who can hopefully give us some insight into what has been going on at Wigan Athletic. The last six supporters club chair, Caroline Molyneux, and Wigan constituency member of parliament, Lisa Nandy. How are we doing? Well, it's been quite a week. I think I might let Caroline start, if that's all right. Caroline, perhaps you could just talk us through like a little bit of a timeline as, as what's happened with your involvement. Basically, supporters club since administration, you know, it's our role to um, to just make sure that we're safeguarding, protecting the club, overseeing what's going on, as well as organising the quizzes and all the rest of it that we do. But it was when it was the Friday. So we had the fans forum. The timeline was, if you remember, we had the fans forum on the Wednesday. And then on the Friday, the wages weren't paid. And so it was that weekend I was actually away with, with the school, taking 45 children to Derbyshire. So I didn't have a lot of time to think, but I did start to obviously get concerned about the wages not being paid again for the fourth time. I think because it's happened so many times, it's like one of those, you know, will it, it'll be paid on Monday because we've had delayed payments of a few days, a few times. There was a few rumblings, but nothing close to the, you know, things we've had this week on social media and even in, in the news. So I spoke to the chairman on the Saturday night after the Burnley game and he said, "Oh, it's liquidity issues. It's cash flow. It'll all it'll all sort itself out next week." And then just reassured me, really. Uh, and then I spoke to him again on the Sunday, and that sort of started a chain of like daily communication with the chairman to try to speed up this process of of getting these wages paid. On the Tuesday night, we played Coventry. Spoke to Mal in the in the supporters club that night and I said you know you know what's going on I've spoken to the chairman he reassures me and you know did they not did was nothing known at the fans forum and he said well you know I wouldn't have stood up in that fans forum and and told everybody everything was okay if I knew that it wasn't so I I just thought you know well everything must be okay the wages must be coming in but something just didn't sit right it felt different I think you know Lisa who who I contacted the next day she said the same, you know, it just felt like a different scenario to previous ones. The previous times, we'd it had just been a late payment of wages, but this time it was delayed a lot and um, there didn't seem to be any information coming out of the club. So I rang Lisa on the Wednesday and I just said, you know, sorry to contact you in these circumstances once again, but I just think there's something not right at the club and could you use your contacts and, and see if there's anything that we need to know as a supporters club. And um, I said, to be honest, the chairman is very open to you contacting him. He speaks to me every day. He says, you know, it's your right as a, as the chair of the supporters club to contact me. I will always be honest with you. And um, and so that's what exactly what she did. It was Thursday. She contacted the EFL. I had a phone call from Nick Craig at the EFL that evening. On the Thursday, this is sort of not this week, the week before. And he said, we're in contact with Lisa. We are, you know, going to look into it. We, we're going to speak to the owner if we can and, and try to get to the bottom of it. So days continued to pass and, you know, the fans started to get sort of itchy about what was going on. Continually, we were contacting the chairman, what's going on? And the same message was coming out every time, every day. They were saying, listen, we are trying to release some liquidity. And as soon as it's released, 
the wages will be paid. And the same message was coming out. So we did put a statement out. You know, we told everybody that we're being reassured by the chairman. And that was the same message that just continued all the way through the following week. What else could we say? But the difference between last time and IEC and was that the lines of communication between us and the chairman were open. We could have come out every day and said, still the same message as yesterday. And yes, we've contacted the chairman. But that, you know, that seems just a bit daft, really. Lisa had lots of success with the EFL. I think, again, the communication between club and EFL, PFA, all of that really could have been better. And that's something we fed back to Talal, fed back to the to the chair, fed back to the club. And that's something that, you know, they, they will look at in the future. You know, for example, the EFL, they do want to support the club. Uh, at the end of the day, the three points suspended deduction was set in stone. You know, they said, if this happens, we will take three points. So th- th- there was no way that that was ever going to not happen once the wages weren't paid. That was a process that had to be followed. But I think it was just a case of, you know, somebody pick up the phone to the FL and say, you know, this is happening and um, we need some support or we just need some time. And I think that would have would have cooled the waters a, f- a little bit. Lisa managed to do that. Lisa managed to also get some information about anything that was urgent. So, for example, contacting the PFA and that sort of thing, which we relayed to the club, relayed to the chairman. I mean, there's lots of brilliant, brilliant staff. Staff are brilliant at the at the stadium. But I think that lessons have been learned in terms of communication between the chairman and the club and, and that sort of thing. The, the, they're the main priority, the staff, the players, the manager. Think about how they've felt through all of this. We've felt like we're in the dark. They've also been in the dark, you know. So I know that it is the chairman's priority next week to meet with the staff, meet with the players, they've got to be the priority. And then after that, we'll look to organise something so that fans can have their questions answered by the chairman. Being a really tough, it has been a really t- another tough 10 days for everybody, not just the supporters club. We met, we had an emergency meeting uh, earlier this week just to update the committee and and you know sort of just make sure that everybody was happy with the actions that we were taking I'd also like to say that whilst there was a lot of uni- unite the fans on Twitter the fans groups were really united you know Barry yourself we had lots of conversations Adam I spoke to you a lot uh, G- uh, Martin at the Mud Hutter is another one who you know all of these people are such good contacts and good trusted people all throughout administration and even now. And people make a lot of noise on Twitter about people who you're not doing this and you're not doing that. We're all fans. We're not, you know, it's not, this is not our job. We're, we're doing it to safeguard and protect the future of Wigan Athletic. We've been through it once before. Do I believe that the chairman and the ownership are the right ones for Wigan? Well, firstly, there's nobody else knocking on the front door with uh, 7.7 million losses like last season's accounts, wanting to drop that into our bank account. But secondly, Talal actually said tonight, he said, I love Wigan. You know, I'm not I'm not nailing my colours to his mask because he needs to build, rebuild our trust. He really does. But um, he's an owner who, despite the, the lateness, has actually followed through with promises this week that and the reassurances that it will happen. What we now need to do is uh, support him 
if if that's possible, and if we can re- regain our trust to rebuild the rebuild Wigan in a way that I think they originally intended it to be, which is sustainable, you know, a more sustainable club. Uh, we've been to the Premier League, and it's 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 brilliant, but it costs an absolute fortune. I think if Mr. Jasmine had said from the start, "I'll buy Wigan and I'll give you three million pound losses each year." We would have snatched his hand off, but now we're, we're sort of 7.7 last year and goodness only knows what this year so far losses, and uh, it's still not enough. <laughs> Statements come out today from, from uh, yourselves, the supporters club, from, from the players, which was quickly rectified because the money the money got paid, and from Talal himself, and, and both yours and Talal's married something up about the possibility of, of, of speaking to the fans at some point, some way of doing that, organising it for next week. So that that's something to look forward to. And I suppose there's a lot of worried people who perhaps can have those worries eased if if, the, if that comes about. Absolutely. I think um, that's what our next goal is, you know, to get try to get Talal to rebuild that trust. Because if, if he's going to, and Mr. Jasmine is going to continue as the owner of Wigan Athletic, then the trust has got to be, be rebuilt. And, you know, the wages have got to be paid on time next time. The wages have got to be paid on time fully in the future. So, you know... I'm my, I'm hopeful that he's going to come across this week and give us those reassurances with some you know with his plans that that's all that we can ask. That is the case. You know we are looking to give Talal hopefully a platform to to answer fans' questions and you know it, it, whether that uh, what form that will take we're not sure yet. Obviously, staff at the club and the players are the first priority. Essentially, so as well. It's been a big backing for the. I'm not saying they went on strikes today, but there was a, a solid statement came out and all the supporters backed that 100. So going forward now, are we confident that things are going? going to be okay? Have you seen things that might reassure you as a supporter? If you look at Talal's statement, it's what he's been saying from the start about, you know, building the academy, using the academy players a little bit more and, and um, you know, making sure that the young players are coming through. It says that in his statement. He's always saying that when you speak to him. And I know from the conversations that he's had with Sean Maloney that that's something that he wants to do too. He really raved about the meetings that he had in Bahrain with with Sean. He has that same vision in terms of bringing the academy players on, and again, that that's something that was reiterated in Talal's statement. So, if if that's something that we can bring to fruition, then then absolutely. Do we need to keep an eye on it? Absolutely, absolutely. And and Talal said the fans have every right to question me. It's the fans' club. It's not his club. It belongs to the supporters and mistakes have been made, lots of mistakes. So I think that's one of the reasons why he's coming over here to uh, to try to rebuild the trust and rectify those mistakes. But it'll take a long time. I'm just, just relieved tonight that there's been some positivity, even that little bit of positivity come out of what's been a really difficult couple of weeks. Caroline alluded earlier to the emergency meeting on Tuesday. Uh, I just wanted to say that throughout the process, it's been collective. We've been discussing it. It's been a really difficult time. So we've been supporting each other as well through that period of time. We have been really working very hard. Caroline brought in 
Lisa at a very early stage, which I think is important. She's brilliant at representing us. And other people within the committee have been working hard. Uh, myself, I, I've made sure that the Football Supporters Association, the FSA, were aware of what was going on because they were very helpful for to us last time. And yeah, they're there, they're there as a protection in um, a worst case scenario. But at least this time, we've given forewarning. Last time, the FSA clearly didn't see as a club that was in trouble. This time, we've given them a little nudge to say we might be in trouble. Talal put in his statement, he said that obviously he gives the full back into Sean Maloney and the academy and the club to progress forward. And he also said that when they were in Bahrain, they talked about their aims and ambitions for next season in line with an agreed budget to ensure stability of the club. Do you know that if, as the supporters club, if you're going to be privy to that sort of information, obviously to stop this thing happening again, or is that something that you feel might be a bit closed off? I think that's a really good question. I think that we, as a supporters club, are hoping very much that there'll be more transparency over that information. Absolutely. And in my conversations with the chairman, it's something that he's keen to do as well. Absolutely. No, I can't suggest that that will be printing it out for the fans. But, you know, in our conversations with him, we'll be pushing for some sort of governance of it. Absolutely. And that's that's something that we talked about earlier when we talked about keeping an eye on things. And, and it's something that will be positive, I think, if we can um, if we can. So talk to the chairman about that. Can I just quickly add to what Caroline said there, just on the, in terms of fans as stakeholders in very important decisions, the FSA and the EFL basically advocate approach where fans are involved. The white paper will strengthen that as well. But until Al seems to be buying into this, there will be opportunities for fans to comment and contribute to uh, the running obviously people are paid to make the important decisions, but the fans will have a voice. And regulatory, uh, in terms of regulation, the fans have to have a voice. Thank you very much, Carl. I'm not going to keep you any longer because because I can see because I can see you. I know the listeners can only hear, but I can see that you look very very tired, and I can tell you've been doing uh, a great deal of hard work over the as well as your your day job as well. So <laughs> I can't tell you how much we appreciate you you for coming on here but also how much we appreciate you and all the effort you put in for us so i'd just like to say a massive thank you on behalf of the podcast and also the fans thank you very much yeah. caroline really really appreciate it thank you barry yeah. thanks everyone thank you right. so lisa what what was your view uh on what was occurring and can you also talk a little bit about where the efl fitted in with with what was happening i've been Obviously, keeping a bit of an eye on what was happening for months because of the ongoing issues about late payments. But it was really when Caroline rang me and said, there's a real problem here that I sort of really sprung into action. Caroline's the sort of person we work together a lot over the the very long, dark days of administration. And she doesn't say things if uh, they're not true. And so she says there's a problem, you know there's a problem. And so she'd been speaking to Talal, the chairman, 
regularly and I picked up the phone to him uh, straight away to ask what was happening. I also got in touch with Mal to have a chat with him. We didn't manage to speak that day because various reasons when he by the time he rang me back I was already I was actually on stage making a speech. I sort of did think about coming off and picking it up but actually by then it didn't really matter because I was already in touch with Talal and he was very reassuring about the fact that him and Mr Al Jasmi remained committed to the club that there was going to be no there was no question about them pulling the funding or putting us into administration that there was no bigger issue than just the issue about the money just simply not having been in the bank account and they needed to make that happen and that he would do that quickly and Ever since then, daily, sometimes several times a day, conversations and reassurances that the issue is administrative and not any sort of lack of will on their part. And I have to say that is very different from what we were dealing with before. When we went into administration last time, the radio silence was really, really worrying and it was palpable. And then, you know, we had that long period where it's very difficult to get proper information about what was happening so you know I felt quite reassured by that but obviously you're not reassured until the money's in the account and people have been paid and one of the things that I wanted to understand is how this could keep happening I think without betraying any confidences because the chairman is coming over to Wigan next week and he's going to promise me and the supporters club that he's going to be very open and honest about the things that have gone wrong and he's happy to answer any questions that people have but so you know it's fair to let him tell this story himself but I think one thing that was very clear to me is that there was a there was a lot of communication issues going on and or you know lack of communication um, and miscommunication and one of the things that I wanted the EFL to look at particularly with this independent unit that they've got is how the club is being run when Wigan Athletic was sold to Mr Al Jasmi the, there was a very clear agreement that we were a we're a good club, but we're you know we're, we're not in the Premier League. That we uh, can't afford to be run as if we're in the Premier League. That we need to make sure that we stay sustainable. And when Jonathan Jackson was the chief executive for a long time, that was exactly how we were run. And you know the survival of Wigan Athletic is far too important to. To, to take unnecessary risks with our financial sustainability. And I wanted to be absolutely sure that that agreement was being honoured. And so when I wrote to the EFL, the fans, I put the letter out and the, the fans may have seen that I'd asked the independent unit to look into the profit and sustainability model for the club. And I have to say that EFL were really helpful. They got in touch about 20 minutes after I'd emailed the letter and I had a meeting with Trevor Birch, Nick Craig and others and they were very good at giving us a lot of time, giving me a hearing for what I, you know, the concerns that I was raising, some of which had um, the supporters club had asked me to raise on behalf of the fans, and some of which I'd, I'd gleaned from conversations with people in and around the club, particularly ex staff, because they, you know, they're they're very um, they're very professional at the club. They. They work in the interests of the club, but they're very confidential. And so I'd been, you know, but I picked various things up. And so I, I talked to the EFL at length about that. We had an hour and they are very, very keen to do what they can to make sure that the club doesn't just survive, but can continue to go from strength to strength. And I, I felt that was completely sincere. The, the three point suspended deduction was 
about trying to get the wages paid and trying to get the club to get its affairs in order. It wasn't about trying to punish us. And I think that the idea was that they could give us a bit of a, you know, a bit of a boost to say, come on, you've got to crack on with this rather than actually end up having to penalise the club. And they also talked me through some of the issues, the outstanding issues with the players not being paid, you know, the potential consequences of that and the very, very serious outcome that we could end up if we weren't careful not being able to fulfil fixtures this season and what that would mean. And, you know, I relayed all of this to to the chairman and I think there is a sense that this is being taken seriously now. And next week when the chairman's in the UK, we've got a number of meetings set up that I think will help us to resolve these issues and I hope make sure that there's no repeat of them. So I'm sort of, I'm more optimistic now than I have been at, at any point over the last, I think it's been a week, but it feels like it's been about yeah, 10 yeah. years. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, I'm I'm completely confident about where we are now. But I would say that we're in a better place and we're in a better place, not least because one of the things that Supporters Club has been able to do is to bridge the communication gap that was going on between key players in and around the management and the, the owners and the EFL with a little bit of help from me. And I think that's been probably the most significant thing that's happened this week is that we've unlocked that. We've got people talking. We've got everybody on the same page, understanding how serious this is. And we've got a shared understanding that Wigan Athletic going forwards has got to be sustainable. In relation to the charges against, did they, did they talk about the charges at all, particularly the one against the owner, because that concerns me? Uh, and secondly, did you talk to them about real-time monitoring of finances? Because I don't know quite how it's got to this stage, really. I, I, I feel that they should have intervened earlier. My understanding is that the way it works, and there'll be lots of fans on the podcast, including all of you who... Who, you know, you'll be able to chat about this some more, I think, because you'll you'll know a lot more about it. But that the the club has to submit their forecasts for the season. The EFL is under a duty to then check that that is affordable, that the owner has the money to be able to meet those commitments. And the the owners passed that test this season. So they were confident that the money was there. I think what's more difficult is them then trying to comment on the the model that the club is pursuing. And that's something that I was very keen to get more information about. I think that's something that I'm very keen to speak to the management about and to speak to the chairman about in more detail when he comes over next week. There was, as I say, you know, I, I was at the dinner when... Dave Whelan handed over the, the reins to Mr Al Jasmi and there was a very strong shared understanding at that point that the club had to be sustainable and that we, you know, we've been through a really, really rocky period. We'd nearly we'd nearly lost it a few times during that period. And what we wanted most of all, you know, we weren't chasing big dreams. We wanted most of all to make sure that we could stabilise the situation and then start to build from there. And I think that is still the chairman's view i think that's that's exactly what he wants to do and my understanding is that he's going to come to wigan and he's going to talk to the players he's going to talk to the fans he's going to talk to the staff and he's going to make it clear that that's what the club intends to do going forwards and i think that's been a really positive development over out of the last um, last few days if if anything positive has has come from 
you know what's been a really really worrying time for a lot of people thank you lisa thank you very much thanks for joining us thanks again for all your hard work we really appreciate it thank you to you as well barry because as well as caroline ringing me with a from on behalf of the supporters club and on behalf of the rest of you uh you messaged me as well quite early on and it's really helpful because you know you follow this in in such a level of detail and i know it means the world to you you know it's it's always lovely to be able to work with you i just wish it wasn't always in these sorts of <laughs> circumstances yeah. Um, yeah. yeah thanks very much thanks <laughs> again thank you cheers all right bye <laughs>